Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together, we are the Minimalists. Organizing is well-planned hoarding. (laughs) Thus, the easiest way to organize your stuff is to get rid of most of it. No one understands this better than professional organizers. Amen. The most effective pros don't just organize your things. They help you let go. Today on this public minimal episode of the Minimalist Podcast, we're talking about professional organizing with Dr. Julia Raz, founder of Golden West Organizing. Then this Thursday on the Minimalist Private Podcast, the three of us are going to talk about consumer mausoleums. You know, all the places we hide the dead things that no longer add value to our lives. You can check that out at patreon.com slash the minimalists or click the link in the description. Your support keeps our podcast and YouTube channel 100% advertisement free because advertisements suck. Our first question today is from Facebook. Michelle has a question for us. How do you know when or if you should hire a professional organizer? And what do you need to look for to get the most for your money? Julia, first off, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This is a huge moment for me to meet you both. And, uh, as I was just sharing beforehand, I've done everything I could not to get COVID to this moment. That's so in- I've been in hiding for a few weeks just so I could be here. That's today. amazing. Thanks so much. For, I mean, that's a commitment. That's like an it over is. two-year commitment so far. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So it is our honor to have you here, Julia. <laughs> let's get to Michelle's question yeah. here. So let's start off by talking, what is a professional organizer? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I was reading through all of those questions on Facebook. And I want to define what it means to me because I think professional organizers may define themselves differently. Uh, So to me, uh, professional organizing is all about assessing our relationship with our stuff. Mm. Um, And for me, I specifically do that in the home. Although professional organizers work in businesses, they can work in other types of settings as Mm. well. Uh, But for me, organizing is all about evaluating your relationship with your belongings and making sense of it in your home. Mm. And and ultimately, the most important part to me is decluttering. Now, others may disagree with me, but that is how I define it myself. I love it. And and, and in a way, so you're more of a professional declutterer than an organizer. You'll hear me talk about this. Obviously, I talked about the top of the show. One way that we often hide our hoards, our clutter, Mm -hmm. is by really neatly organizing it. Mm -hmm. If I just get all the right containers from a container store. Right. We got to go buy more things mm -hmm. to put our things in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool because what Julia does is she's like, we're going to use what you have. And we're going to, yeah, yeah, I love that how you take that approach with professional organizing. So I always tell people that I'm going to work with that that's my approach. However, if they push me and they say, I really want this look, then I will still make that for them. But it is never something that is at the forefront of my business. Uh, So I'm all about reusing what we already have. Uh, And space always opens up when you declutter. Mm. Like when I tell people about my own home, which after, you know, reading your books, watching your (laughs) documentaries, among so many other things in minimalism that were meaningful to me, when I let go of 80% of my possessions, all the space opened up. I didn't need to go to the container store. No, it was just the 
space was there. Yeah. So uh, my home may not be very large, but it feels very spacious to me because of mm-hmm. that choice I made. And that really informs how I approach organizing yeah. as well. So to talk to Michelle directly, mm-hmm. how does someone mm-hmm. know that they might need help from yeah. a professional organizer? Yeah. So um, one thing I'm asked often is like, are you a therapist too? No, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> uh, however, I think the approach of looking for a therapist is similar to finding an organizer. You know when you need professional help, when yeah. everything that you have done isn't working for you, despite you trying in every way you can. Yeah. Um, so when you're seeking out a therapist for whatever reason in your life, it's similar to looking for an organizer. You need some help because you just cannot get yourself there. Yeah. And for most of the people I work with, they can't get started. That's the hardest part. Yeah. They look at their stuff. They shove it back in the closet. Mm. They just keep shutting that door. They cannot bring themselves to get started. And then when someone like myself comes in, I look at the mess and all I see is what it can become. All I see is the potential because of decluttering. So if you feel like you are not capable of taking that step to start the decluttering process, that's the time to hire professional help. And really, I recommend taking the time to interview some people uh, Mm. to see if they're a good fit. The same thing you would do with a therapist. You want it to be someone you can trust, Mm -hmm. someone that you feel comfortable with, because ultimately you're showing someone, a stranger, things you may not show your family or your friends, things that you're too ashamed to show them. Mm. So it needs to be someone that you totally can trust and know that they're not going to judge you there. You, you bring up a really good point that. about yeah. shame. Quite mm-hmm. often, there's a lot of shame with the stuff. Ryan, when yeah. you and I used to go out on tour and we would sleep in on people's couches or spare bedrooms or whatever, mm-hmm. we were on a book tour. And every time we got to someone's house, what is the first thing they said to no, us? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm trying to be a minimalist, but you know, it's a little cluttery right now. Like they're yeah, trying to, because we're the minimalist, like we're going to come into their home and judge them, which we can only relate. We cannot uh, judge. I just apologized to Mallory about the state of my car this morning. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not <laughs> Car was immaculate for the record, you guys. You know, there are three people at this table. Two of them are definitely not perfect. Josh might be a little uh, immaculate because of his OCD. He's really, he's definitely the closest. Mm, So let's let's answer the second part of Michelle's question here. What do you need to look for to get the most out of your money? Because you are, Mm -hmm. you're spending a resource and you're actually Mm. spending more than one resource. You're spending money. But then, of course, you're spending time with that person because here's the thing. Here's what I'm looking for if I hire a professional. It's not just that they're going to come and do the work for me. It's not like hiring a plumber. I need you to install a new toilet for me. Yeah. The problem isn't simply the removal of the clutter. Anyone can do that. The problem is helping you let go so that it doesn't reaccumulate. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that many people want to hire someone so that they will fix the problem, just right. come in and take everything out. Uh, but that isn't really the solution. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you need to find someone who is going to help you get to the root cause of where the clutter is coming from mm-hmm. so that you have a plan in place for when new things come in, because they always do. Mm-hmm. We're always going to have things coming into our home. Uh, and it's a matter of being able to uh, make decisions moving forward. And I I see time and again that people just have too much anxiety. It's too many decisions all the time. So it's how are you going to cope with those decisions moving forward? And ideally, you hire someone who helps come up with a plan for you about what to do that you actually think you can enact. Yeah. Let's say like, let's say someone is not ready to let go Mm -hmm. and they're telling themselves because I've seen this happen with someone in my life that I don't want to name or like, you know, call out. But they they were not ready to let go. So they were like, I'm going to hire a professional organizer and they're going to help me want to let go. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the right reason to get a professional organizer? Like, is it are you able to kind of help people get there? And if so, like how? Yeah, so I, it's never an intervention setting that I'm right, going in right, on. Right, I'm, right. I'm not going in and uh, against their will of ever. Course, so yeah. always people have 
chosen to bring me in. Mm -hmm. It's okay if they have a hard time letting go, though. I'm not expecting people to be gung-ho and it's really easy. Otherwise, they would have done it themselves. I wouldn't be there to begin with. But um, I ultimately always respect people's decisions on their Mm -hmm. possessions. Even if I've 100% disagree with their choices because of things like safety. So I've had people who wanted to hold on to things that I did not think were safe for their household because Mm. they were arrested or expired and there were kids or there were weapons, things like that. Mm. But ultimately, they still have to make that choice. However, I am very good at getting people to make good choices moving forward because I repeat the things that they say. Mm. Um, I always remind them of what their goal is. Why did you bring me here? Why are you paying me to be here? Mm -hmm. What what brought you here to begin with? What do you want your home to feel like? So often people People will say, I feel so much stress. I'm constantly fighting with my spouse. I just want to get along, you know, like all of those things. So when they're having a hard time letting go, I remind them of why I'm there. You're like this good angel that like sits Pretty on their much. shoulder. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they, they constantly have that that clutter devil talking to them, and you're like, no, 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 come on. Yeah, <laughs> well, you can let go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Recent, this no, this yeah, is great because, like, well, no, it's just great because. Um, what I'm hearing you say is that mm-hmm. if someone is out there, they're just like, I'm not ready to let go. Yeah, I'm not ready to let go. Well, it's like, well, bring someone in. Maybe mm-hmm. they can give you a different perspective on how to let go. Yeah. And I always talk with people on the phone or FaceTime or even sometimes in person, depending how far away they live, to see if it's a good fit. I mm-hmm. think that's really important. If you're going to work with someone like this, you need to have a conversation with them. You need to meet them and make mm-hmm. sure this seems like the right fit. Yeah, mm-hmm. And also be okay if it doesn't. If it doesn't work out, kind of like the therapist example, if it's not a good fit, it's okay. It doesn't mean you give up. Yeah. <laughs> you find the person who's the right fit. Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you, I went through a lot of therapists before I found like one or two that I really trusted. And mm-hmm. it is like, it kind of makes you want to give up. But mm-hmm. yeah, but you and you you persevere, you like start interviewing more. Eventually, you'll find someone who like is on the same page or same personality or whatever, a, a complimentary personality, I guess. It's like if you went to a bunch of different shoe stores and all they have were size six shoes, right. <laughs> you keep trying them on over and over. Eventually, you're like, you know what? There are no shoes that fit me. Well, that's yeah. simply not true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just have to find the shoe store with the shoes that fit you. And fortunately for shoe stores, they tend to have the average sizes. But shopping around for a professional, whether it's a therapist or a professional organizer, mm-hmm. you might have to try on a few different ones to see which one fits you. Let's move on to our callers. If you have a question or a comment for our podcast, give us a call, 406-219-7839, or email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. We have a question today from Abel in New Jersey. I have two storage units filled with stuff and I'm about to move into a new apartment, what is the best way to start off my new life in my new apartment with a minimalist point of view? So, Julia, this is another problem that we have. Our homes become so overabundant with stuff that we seek out other areas to hide our clutter. Now, I don't know about Abel specifically. Maybe she is moving and she's moved all of her things into storage. That's one way to do it. And now she's saying, I want to extract the things that add value to my life, bring it into my new minimalist home. Mm -hmm. So I'm avoiding the clutter up front. And bravo, if that's the case. Or if you're like many people who just store a lot of things, you're like my former self. I ran out of space in my basement, my attic, my closet, etc., And so, hey, I know what I'll do. I'll spend 200 bucks a month on more space. (laughs) Now, I will say this. There are times where it makes sense to have a storage unit. Yeah. And so I'm not against storage units by and large. I mean, it doesn't make sense to be completely against them. It's not binary. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. 
The storage units become a problem when they allow us to hide even more clutter. When they lose their function, then we're holding on to more of our hoard. Mm -hmm. I, I need excess space for this excess stuff for clutter. If there is clutter in the storage unit, then it is a problem. Well, what is clutter? Clutter is merely something that gets in the way. It could physically get in the way. But we've gotten it out of the way because we put it in a storage locker. Mm. But now maybe it's still getting in the way financially. You're spending more money on that storage unit. It's getting in the way emotionally or psychologically because you're thinking about that stuff that's out there. And so how would you talk to someone like Abel, Julia, mm -hmm. who, where she wants to start this new minimalist life? Mm -hmm. She's going into a new home, a blank slate. Where does she start? That's so exciting, first of all, to it begin really with. Is. Like when I think about an empty space, I get really excited. Yeah. Even when I work <laughs> in homes that are not empty, I always empty the space so we can reimagine what it can become. Uh, so I love that, first of all. And if it is the first scenario that you were talking about of she's temporarily placing her belongings there because she just moved, I guess, then in that case, this is the perfect time to declutter. Yes. Um, I wouldn't say I'm anti-storage unit always, but I am most of the time if the purpose is just to stuff clutter in there because you've ran out of room in your home. Yes. Uh, so I think moving is always a great time to reevaluate your belongings. And if she really wants to start a minimalist home in this new space, let's try to not need those storage units anymore. I would empty them, see what she really needs and everything else potentially should go. Yeah. Why keep those storage units any longer? Uh, I can think of so many other uses for that money than storing that stuff. Um, if it, I don't know if she also has a home full of things on top of the storage units too. If that were the case, I would really ask her when was the last time she ever needed to go into those storage units to access any of those things. Yeah. Um, what are those types of things too? Um, it may be things that are from deceased relatives that she doesn't want to deal with. Uh, and so this could be an opportunity to work with an organizer to finally decide, I'm going to go through these things and make some mm -hmm. decisions on them. Mm -hmm. This is similar to my own personal story. I didn't have a storage unit, but I had been moving around apartments all over LA for many years. And we didn't have a garage. We didn't have a storage unit either. So I had probably 10 boxes, large tubs of my grandmother's belongings. She died in 98. So mm. it took me until 2020 to let it go. So I like sharing wow. this because it was not easy for me to let go either. Somehow my boyfriend, now husband, allowed me to <laughs> carry this stuff everywhere and have it shoved in our closets. But eventually, um, as I was decluttering my belongings is the last thing that I dealt with. Enough was enough. And even yeah. for me, just having that open space in the garage and a few of her items are now displayed in my home office. I see them every day yeah. instead of having them stuffed in the garage or the storage unit. It's such a better way to honor her memory yeah. and, and everything. So I don't know the, the contents of what's in that storage unit, but I would want to know more about that. Mm -hmm. And this is the great, a great opportunity. That's, that's what I would say to someone who wants to move into a new home and potentially just let it all go. Yeah, it is a great opportunity. Yeah. I'm thinking if, if I was able, I would like bring over the bare minimum mm -hmm. and then like I would test that out for 30 days and like mm -hmm. see how my mm -hmm. life felt. And if I'm like, oh man, like I really need some of that stuff in the storage unit or what, then I would like bring some stuff in kind of slowly. Um, but that's a process. Like that's not easy. It's simple. Mm -hmm. But it's not very easy to do that because you're making trips back and forth. Like I, moving sucks in general, let alone like if you have to make trips back and forth from your storage unit uh, in the first three months, like that's going to add more stress. So I think like, yeah, hiring a professional organizer might be a good idea for Abel because maybe they can kind of help her set it up a little bit better rather than like spending months of like going back and forth. I don't know. Yeah. I uh, Personally, I would go back and forth, but Again, that's I'm always I, I go the extreme route all the time anyway. Well, yeah. And this is you're forcing yourself into something that 
any move is an extreme thing, right? Mm-hmm. Moving all of the possessions you've accumulated over the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, mm-hmm. that's an extreme thing. Even if you don't own much. I, you know, I moved recently and a friend texted me and she was like, hey, how, how'd the move go? I'm like, it's simple. I'm a minimalist. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that I enjoy doing it. Even right. for a minimalist, it's still a relatively extreme thing to have to do. To fill your car with all of your possessions to is unorganize an it thing. and then reorganize it. <laughs> yes. it's, it's extreme, right? Yeah. So it wasn't, as Ryan said, it wasn't easy, but it was yeah. simple, yeah. relatively speaking. Now, what you're talking about, Ryan, is sort of a hybrid version of your packing party. Yeah, in a way, really? Yeah. Where instead of unpacking everything in your home, you're leaving in a storage unit and you're going to get it as you need it. Mm-hmm. And it's important to set up some boundaries there. And one of those boundaries might be, hey, I'm going to bring things in slowly over the course of 21 days mm-hmm. or one month or two months. I wouldn't yeah. go much further than that. Certainly not farther than 90 days for me because then you have the seasonality rule, mm-hmm. right? And then I would find what boundaries work for you, Abel. You can download our free ebook. It's called 16 Rules for Living with Less. It's the minimalist rule book over at theminimalists.com slash rulebook. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Or if you'd like the audiobook version of that, you can find that there as well. Mm. But Abel, I'd be happy to send you a copy of that. I also want to send you a copy of our book, Everything That Remains. Because this was really the story of me and Ryan. We started letting go of the excess, moving. I and mean, we moved across the country into Montana. Everything oh. I owned fit into my car. Even that oversized lamp. I don't know why I tried to cram the damn lamp in the car. <laughs> I ended up not even needing it. Yeah. But um, the truth is that even then, there were things that I was able to start letting go of. And I only realized that when I set up some boundaries in my life. And we yeah. talk about some of those boundaries and everything that remains. So I, I did have a storage unit when we moved out to Montana. I had a storage unit back in Dayton, Ohio, because I didn't know if we were going to be in Montana. You know, I didn't know how long. So, uh, went back to Ohio, I think after being in Montana for a few months and I was like, Oh, like I just need to get rid of this stuff. So I like created a little Craigslist ad, did a yard sale, got as much money as I could, but you know, doing the math, I'm bringing this up for Abel, like doing the math. If I would have kept that storage unit for a year or two, it would have been sunk cost at that point. I just spent more money on that storage unit than what was actually in that storage unit, uh, what was worth in there. So Abel, I would look at that too. Like how long have you had it? What's all that stuff monetarily worth? If it is worth something, great, go ahead and sell it. But you actually might be saving money by just like getting rid of that stuff. I also think it matters whether this is only, these are only Abel's possessions or other people's yeah, possessions, right? right? Yeah, yeah, because I don't ever recommend letting go of things uh, you know, without point. other people's consent. <laughs> we don't know that information, yeah, right? right? It may be other people's things that would want to have a say in this too. Yeah, so, right. So be I, considerate <laughs> of other people's possessions. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so important it because I, I often yeah. get told that too. Like people will say, can I, I, I give you consent, throw away all my husband's things. I'm like, I'm not going to do that without their permission because they're never going to trust me. And this is also just not good for your marriage to do these things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so just wanted to clarify that in my advice. So too. she says she's not a therapist, but you do play a really good therapist. Oh, wow. You know, I do so much mediation. I never thought I was going to have to do that between couples constantly oh, yeah. where they will be arguing in front of me about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I am that neutral third party where I make things happen. Like <laughs> I neutralize great. things for oh, them. Yeah. Great. I mean, yeah. when you, you think about it, Money, sex, and stuff. Mm. These are the three things that couples argue Mm. about the most. Mm. The stuff argument is rarely ever about the stuff, though, as you Mm. start to uncover. Mm. is like there's usually something else behind the bickering. 
yeah. the arguing mm-hmm. about the stuff. The stuff is the physical manifestation of our anxieties, of our discontent, yeah. of our troubles. And by starting to let go of that stuff together as a couple, you start to realize like, oh, what I was actually upset with was not you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. It was my expectation of you. That's um, it reminds me of Jason and Jennifer Kirkendall in our book, Love People Use Things. Uh-huh. In that in that chapter about stuff. I mean, they basically found this common ground with like decluttering. But when they did that, it actually helped them to grow closer together. So they started with like the actual stuff rather than like going to a marriage counselor and like trying to, you know, get on the same page and talk out all their issues. They were like, let's just work on this one thing together. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And it made room for the rest of their relationship, for improving their relationship, not improving by heaping on more things, more obligations, more stress, more debt, but subtracting those things. Mm -hmm. And now you actually experience the spaciousness, uh, to use Julia's word, the spaciousness of the relationship. Abel, let me send you a copy of Everything That Remains. If you want the audiobook version, I think you'll enjoy that if you enjoy our podcast. Or if you want the book book or the ebook version, we're happy to send you those as well. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for the lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions, your comments, your smart remarks to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Now, Julia, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I and our guests, we try to answer questions with a short, shareable Less than 140 character response. Now, we've had like a week to prepare for this. You're, you're being put on the spot. That's so okay. don't I'm... worry about it. We'll, we'll make it look really pretty in post. Well, <laughs> podcast Sean will. Yeah. I am <laughs> decent with Twitter. All I will right. say that. So right. I'm used to being succinct. I'm going to put that on my Twitter profile. I'm decent. <laughs> I'm decent with Twitter. <laughs> decent with Twitter. <laughs> uh, right now, it just says I'm indecent. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to tweet that later. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm decent I'm at Twitter. I'm decent at Twitter. Yeah. See what people say. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> so we call these minimal maximums. We put them in the show notes so people can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if they like. And now, thanks to our good friend, Social Jess, you can find all of our minimal maxims over at minimalmaxims.com. Stephanie has a question for us. I struggle with constant reorganization and feel compelled to completely redo everything when I start to declutter. How can I find a system that works for me? So, Julia, we don't really have to give a short 140 character answer. Mm. But let's talk about this because sometimes we think about systems and if I just find the right system, if I just have the right organizing bin, if I purchase the right label gun to label all of my clutter, then I will fix it. How do you approach a question like Stephanie's? Yeah, I th- this person may not have decluttered enough. That's my short mm. answer to this, mm. is that if they're still struggling with putting together systems and doing it over and over again, then they may not have completed the decluttering process. Yeah. You don't need some fancy bins. You don't need some fancy, intricate system to be able to easily find your things when you have the appropriate amount of things for your space. Yeah. And I think, you know, people generally are always thinking about the stuff first and the space second instead of the reverse. And for me, when I made that change in my own thinking, that's when everything changed in my life, too. Mm. And so I really try to push people with that, too, of like, let's think about where you live. How much space do you have here? She's probably not done decluttering if she finds herself constantly trying to reorganize. And it may be a fear of decluttering that's causing that to happen. It is scary. And it does seem easier to just go out and buy something that's going to fix it Mm -hmm. than to have to face the stuff, which is really facing yourself Mm. and your choices that you've made. Yeah, That leads into a pithy answer for Mm. me is organize is not the solution. Mm -hmm. It is the problem. And Mm -hmm. thinking that 
if I just buy enough bins, mm-hmm. if I just have a container store in my closet, then everything will be fixed. Mm. Well, no, it's just creating a bigger problem. Now I'm hiding the excess. I'm hiding the too many shirts, the too many pants, the mm. too many pairs of shoes, uh, too much jewelry, too many pairs of underwear, whatever it might be, because I haven't decluttered the stuff. I haven't even understood the why. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand the why, why you're letting go of it, I think that's when we run into trouble like Stephanie. You get rid of your excess stuff. So maybe you do take the decluttering far enough for now, but the closet, the kitchen cabinets, Mm -hmm. the countertops, they become Mm recluttered in the not too distant future because we don't understand why we are simplifying. Mm -hmm. If you understand Mm -hmm. why, you understand the outcome. Well, it's not to have a cleaner closet. But it's, oh, I want more space. I want more calm. I want more time. I want more financial freedom. I want more bliss. I want more tranquility. I want less chaos in my life. Mm -hmm. And if I figured that out, then letting go is simpler. But also not bringing the thing in is just letting go in advance. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So... Josh reviews all my pithy answers before I uh, put them out into the world. So I sent him a pithy answer and he was like, that's great. I totally disagree with it. That's okay. We don't have to agree. I'm like, like, all right. Like, that's all right. Let's have a little disagreement. But I mean, all right. So my pithy answer is this. Systems don't create habits. Actions do. And if I could even take that a little bit deeper, I would say systems don't create habits. Understanding does. Because once you understand the problem, once you get behind that why, like the actions become very apparent. But a system isn't going to take the action for you is really what I'm trying to say there. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to derail too much. But I will say, you know, in in listening to this question and reading some of the ones on Facebook too, I, on the one hand, I think it's wonderful that there is more of a mainstream understanding of organizing because of the popularity of certain Netflix shows. Right. Uh, However, it has led to people believing that going out and buying is really the answer, right? And I the way that I approach organizing is so different from what people see in those shows. Sometimes Mm. people want me to replicate that and I have to explain that's not the way I approach things Mm -hmm. too. Um, But what we see in those shows leads us to believe that that is really the solution is buying more because it is a very maximal look at organizing. It's not minimalistic. Uh, It is beautiful to look at. I want to give complete credit and I'm very impressed by that. But it isn't getting at that why that we were all talking about of why are they there? I don't think, you know, I wonder if there was a follow-up on those families. Like we follow them a year later from the things that we see on TV. (laughs) What does it look like then? Were they able to maintain it? Did they go and buy way more? What what happened? Uh, That's something that I would be really curious to know. But again, that's where I think that some questions like this come from is this, again, great that there's this mainstream popularity of organizing understanding what it is, but at the other side of it is, I think it's leading people to believe that buying is really the answer to get things yeah. right in their home. Yeah. that's. A good, I would love to see some follow-ups. You're right. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, where are they now? Julia, what questions do you ask people when you first yeah. start working with them? Because mm-hmm. you help them get to that why, yeah. not through giving them answers, but by mm-hmm. giving them questions. Yeah, I usually have them fill in the blank of, you know, I want to get organized or I want to declutter so I can or, you know, some variation of that. Mm. And uh, some people find it helpful to write that down or take some time to think about it. I usually will just ask them this as a question on the phone, but sometimes I'll have them say it as a statement. And I definitely take note of this and remind them of it throughout the time working together. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, as I'm talking with them, I do explain how my approach is different from just buying more stuff. Mm. <laughs> That's what got them there to begin with and 
why they're calling me to begin with. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's really central to my approach is always understanding that reason why they why I'm there, what caused them to call someone like me mm. so that I can help them not in the immediate moment only, but in the long term. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get that yeah. emotional leverage. Like you have to find yeah. something to like get them. Because once you have that emotional leverage... Like it, you can't not do something once you have enough emotional leverage. Mm-hmm. So this, like the the actions might lead to a system. Like let's say you're an artist and you do need some kind of catalogs of like I got yeah. these paints and whatever else. Like I like I know there are people out there with professions who we all got the best reasons to hold on to stuff. But like oh, that's yes. yeah. <laughs> but I brought but, a pocket. I brought a, a organized bin full of reasons to right? hold on. Yeah, to. exactly. <laughs> let's go my stuff. Let's take a look at this. But I mean, yeah. But it's like once you have that emotional leverage, you're you're driven to do something. And then once you're doing something, then you might look at systems and be like, okay, is there a more, you know, reasonable approach or streamlined approach? I don't know. But, and and that's why I ultimately said yesterday, in fact, I think what I said is I don't completely disagree with this. No, you said I disagree and you're a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) That was a separate text. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Just an observation, really. <laughs> just an observation. <laughs> Nothing it's to not do. my advice. It's just my observation is you're a jerk. <laughs> so, Julia, what, yeah. what I was going to say with respect to that is sometimes we, the, the actions alone, they don't really get us anywhere because we don't understand the why. But Ryan yes. appending it with the understanding, totally agree with that because a thorough understanding of the why of doing what you want to do will then lead to all of the actions. They'll manifest on their own. If you are compelled enough to declutter your closet, mm-hmm. I don't even need to give you seven tips. Like Some mm-hmm. some of those things might be helpful mechanically, mm-hmm. and so I'm not against them, but I'm much more interested in the why. Yes. Why do you want to let go? Because if you understand why you want to let go, you'll feel so compelled that the actions will just happen. Mm. we got so much more to talk about, including an amazing added value segment coming up. But Malabama, do you have something for us first? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hi, my name is Naz from uh, Cypress, California, and um, I do have a tip um, for all of your clothes and your shoes that you aren't in need of right now. Um, I'm not sure if hospitals are accepting it because of COVID, but um, as a nurse, I know that when I discharge a lot of homeless patients, um, we can't discharge them in the clothes that they came in with, you know, either they're dirty or, you know, um, it's just uh, season-wise, it's just colder and they don't have um, thick, warm clothing. So um, if you are able to find a hospital that is accepting donations, then that would be the best place since a lot of hospitals, um, we can't really discharge patients in gowns um, and we don't really have a lot of shoes. So that would be the best thing. Hi, Josh and Ryan. My name is Parker and I'm from Ventura, California. I just wanted to offer up a really cool resource for anyone who is a free-thinking individual and wants to become more politically involved. I myself find it nearly impossible to truly understand and take a stance on certain political issues with the amount of polarizing news and media that supports the narrative there really is only the right side or the left side. The organization I want to share is called Braver Angels, and it is a group that seeks to make politics in the United States less polarized through thoughtful discussion and debate. It holds formal debates where people can deliver speeches on extremely prevalent issues. There are time limits and questions as well as alternating positions throughout the whole debate. It is a truly refreshing and hopeful way to experience politics. So I highly recommend it. All right, y'all. Real quick for right here, right now. Here's 
well, two things going on in the life of the minimalist. A brand new month is approaching, Ryan, which is a brand new opportunity to organize your space. Mm. Well, what's one way to do that? By getting rid of the excess stuff. How do you do that? The 30-day minimalism game. You can download the free 30-day minimalism game calendar at theminimalists.com slash game. You partner up with a friend, a family member, a coworker. At the beginning of the month, you decide first day of the month, I'm going to get rid of one item. Anyone can get rid of one item, right? You can start anywhere, your junk drawer, your attic, your garage, your closet, your office, wherever you want to start. Mm. Second day of the month, you both get rid of two items. Third day of the month, three items, so forth and so on. It gets really difficult by day 12. Oh, I have to get rid of a dozen things today and 13 things tomorrow and 15 things two days from now. And so you keep letting go throughout the month. Whoever goes the longest wins. If you both make it to the end of the month, then, well, you've gotten rid of about 500 items each. So I think you've both won at that point. Theminimalists.com slash game to download the free 30-day minimalism game calendar. You can also share photos of your letting go using the hashtag minsgame, M-I-N-S-G-A-M-E. You can see tens of thousands of other people who have played the game and you can let go together. Also, a quick programming note for you. Ryan, our minimal and maximal episodes starting next week will now be released on Mondays with our new format. That's with episode 351. If you didn't hear about that new format, we're also going to be joined by our new co-host next week. TK Coleman will be with us. For complete details, you can go back and listen to our phone conversation with TK on episode 349, the one we had last week during the Right Here, Right Now segment. For our added value this week, Ryan, I've got a couple things. So I'm starting this new video series for How to Write Better. You and I went to a bookstore this week. It was outdoor used bookstore. Mm -hmm. I really like buying my books used, mainly because they're 50 cents each or a dollar <laughs> each or two bucks. I don't have to pay cover price, mm -hmm. right? So I enjoy buying used books. But there's this outdoor bookstore where... I live and we get to just go browse. And you know, one of my favorite things is to show up at a bookstore and just pick a random book off a shelf. Right. And read the first lines. Right. You got first line battles. Yes. Yeah. It's like a rap battle, but way more literary. Yes. <laughs> and it's amazing how terrible the writing can be sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. How bad first lines can be, how little narrative urgency is there. And so, the first book we're going to do in that series is Bill Clinton's book. The series is called Bad Writing. Mm. And the first one is going to be from Bill Clinton's memoir called My Life. And the first line is really dry. It's like a calculus textbook or something. Mm. And I'm going to talk about how you can make those lines better, how you can take that bad writing and very quickly turn it into good writing. And I'm also going to compare it with some other great writing. Mm. Now, I don't know this person, Gina Sorrell, but she has this book called Mothers and Other Strangers. <laughs> and Bex picked this book out during our first line battle. Mm. And the first line was amazing. It made me want to, in fact, it made Bex buy this book mm. used. And we're going to review that for 
high quality writing? What makes good writing? What makes it compelling? And we're going to do that in this video series. You can head on over to howtowritebetter.org and find the YouTube channel from there. We'll do regular bad writing videos, give you examples of bad writing. While you're there, you can download the free ebook, 15 Ways to Write Better. It's free for you over at howtowritebetter.org. For our second added value, Ryan, we have to listen to a song. We were, um, we were in Nashville recently, Ryan, mm-hmm. in June. It's a month or so ago, right? And it was during the full moon. And June's full moon is called the Strawberry Moon. I didn't know that. You know, each yeah. month has its own, you know, the Hunter's Moon or the Harvest Moon. In June, it's a Strawberry Moon. I mean, we were driving from Franklin to Nashville. And I looked over, and there was this beautiful strawberry-colored moon coming mm-hmm. up over the horizon. And I looked down in our rental car mm-hmm. at the song that was playing. And it was Caroline Loveglow. And it was the title track to her new album, which is called Strawberry. Mm. So the song you're hearing in the background right now is the opening to Strawberry from Caroline Loveglow. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can click somewhere near my head and you could find the YouTube version of Strawberry. By the way, big thanks to Dr. Julia Raz for joining us today. You can check her website, her professional organizing business out over at goldenwestorganizing.com. Over there, you can also find links to all of her social media accounts. All of her updates are posted on Instagram as well. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. By the way, Ryan, we got a bunch more surprise questions this week. Like for those of us who have trust issues with technology, what are the rules on how long to save important paper documents. Mm. What's the number one thing professional organizers recommend to prevent unnecessary items from coming into my house? I can't afford expensive organizing systems. What are some cheaper alternatives to keeping our things organized? Plus a million more questions for Dr. Julia Raz and The Minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, check out The Minimalist private podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash The Minimalists or click the link in the description to subscribe and get your personal link so that our weekly private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. And now it's going to be on Mondays. We're starting your week out with a little bit of simplicity starting next Monday, August 1st. By the way, you also gain immediate access to all of our archives, our live events, exclusive home tours, and our private community of thousands of open-minded minimizers like you. You can follow The Minimalist on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Minimalist. And if you want our podcast show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. On behalf of Ryan Nicodemus, Alabama podcast Sean Jordan no more professor Sean social Jess Danny unknown post-production Peter Emma the immigrant and the rest of our team my name is Joshua Fields Milburn and if you leave here today with just one message let it be this love people and use things because the opposite never works thanks for listening y'all we'll see you next time (laughs) 